I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track podcast with me, Stu Whiffin. I'll be your host for the next about an hour, I think. Um, today's guest is Silky, um, or as... I generally refer to him, uh, Ollie. Um, his stage name is Silky, which I will try and continue throughout the, the, the duration of this podcast. But I've known Silky for a long time, and I've never called him Silky. I've always called him Ollie. Um, so if I do call him Ollie or Silky, I'm just putting you in the loop so you know where we're at. Um, Silky, come over to the Whiffin, uh, my little shed-type garden studio bar thing, and we had a good catch-up. Um, Silky's the front man um, and co-songwriter for Death of Guitar Pop and they've uh, they've got an album out and they've currently just got a new single out and the video is well worth a look but I don't need to plug them anymore we're going we're gonna to talk about what they do and, and, and talk about Silky's song choices over the next hour and it was a really really nice chat you're going to if you haven't heard Silky before on Hardcore Listing then you're, you're in for a treat he's a, he's a real gem of a guy um, big thanks to the Distraction Pieces Network for letting us put this podcast out on the on, on the network. Um, big shout outs to Seventy Six for producing this. Um, Brad Acton for the video content, and my name is Ad for the artwork. I think I've waffled enough. You know the drill by now that because of licensing laws and stuff like that, you know we can't play all of the songs that we talk about throughout this podcast, but there is always an accompanying Spotify playlist. So uh, we're on all the social media, so we post the links uh, on there so you can go over and have a listen to the tracks that Silky chooses today. Um, enjoy it, and I'll see you at the end. 76, drop the intro music. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. 
I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. It is a, yet again, every time I do these podcasts, it's a sunny afternoon in my back garden. Um, it's a little bit overcast, actually, but... Um, We've obviously had a summer like, like we've never had before, I think, and, uh, and it disappeared. But we've had a little, a little spell of sunshine again, so uh, I'm happy. I've got a, a rather garish kind of summer, summery shirt on, on my shorts, and uh, but today's guest is wearing what I expected him to wear. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's looking slick. Um, my guest today. He's, what, what do I call you? Do I call you Silky? I think I'm better known musically as Silky. Right, yeah. so I'm, I'm yeah, going to introduce uh, <laughs> Silky from Death of Guitar Pop. You alright? Yeah, good man. Yeah, all good. Good to be here. Excellent. Thanks for coming, man. I, I will probably end up calling you Ollie at some point fine, in the uh, because uh, I don't call you Silky, but uh, I will try my best to, uh, <laughs> to keep it as Silky, mate. Um, thanks for coming over. I've not seen you... When did I last see you? Was it the Hard Collistin live show at Christmas? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was a good night. A real cool night, actually. Who did we have there? We had um, John that done the uh, Rage Against the Machine campaign. Yeah, I it? recorded an episode with him last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Um, yeah, Jordan was there. Yep. And uh, Pip and the Milk Boys yep. as well. Yeah, it was a good night. Yeah, night. the Essex Massive were out in force that night. Yeah. Um, so, I've just got you. I haven't got... Um, Top Cat, is Top it? Top Cat. I can't even call him like his name there. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I've just got you because I, I prefer to do the Off the Beaten Track podcast one on one. Yeah, and, I'm uh, more interesting than Top Cat as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, look, let's let's dig straight in. So the first track I always ask my guests um, is, what is the song that you think has the greatest intro? Um. Yeah, so for me, it's it's Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve every time. Um, still my, my favourite song of, of all time. Uh, I remember the first time I, I heard it, actually. I was probably about nine years old, and um, my dad was dropping me and my brothers off at home after seeing him on, on a Saturday like we did. And um, we always talked to one another in Liverpudlian accents because we've got f uh, family from Liverpool and it just became like a sort of in-joke. And um, I said goodbye to him. He was like, oh, son, he was like, before you go, I've got to show you something. 
I was like, right. It was like Diverve, and I was like, well, what's that? It was like Diverve. I was like Diverve. What's Diverve? He was like Diverve, and he hit play on his car stereo, and this beautiful string section started. And pff, mate, I'm getting chills now yeah. thinking about that moment. Um, and yeah, it's been my favourite song ever since. And when I saw the Verve at Glastonbury in 2008, and they and they played that song, I just blubbered like a little baby the whole time. It was, yeah, it was a real moment. It's a, it's an interesting intro. Obviously, I've probably mentioned it in the, the introduction to this episode that's that's recorded um, separately. That obviously all these songs will be available on Silky's playlist. Um, uh, on if you just search off the beaten track podcast on Spotify, you can listen to all. Um, Silky's tunes on there that we're going to go through today, but bit of sweet symphony. I mean, I, I imagine most people that are going to be listening to this will know that song. But I think even before the ba 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 and the beat drop, there's just a long string, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Like before, yeah. and like it's like it's a great shout for an intro because it's subtle, and then it. It's a song in itself, the intro, really, isn't it? Because yeah. it's just that long string. Then it starts with, the, obviously, the famous... Da, 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 da. It's that build into yeah. it, isn't it? That and it gets it louder as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, bomb, when that drops, it is, it is a cracker. And yeah. uh, used from the Rolling Stones, I believe? <sighs> yeah, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? The Stones own the rights to it all. Um, greedy bastards because and, and, and interestingly enough this I didn't know this until uh, recently I went on like a music publishing course uh, in London and uh, that was like a, a case study um, into, into copyright infringement and um, it turns out that the Stones, I don't know if you knew, knew this the Stones actually um, ripped the last time because that's where it, basically the, 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 string, the string part comes from a, a Stones album, a really obscure one uh, from the 60s, I believe, um, that Andrew Luke Oldham had put together, and it was a, an orchestra doing an yeah, uh, interpretation of right. Stones songs. And uh, the cello player or something wrote that 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 part as an interpretation oh, really? of the last time. Um, and that's where it came from, and that's where the Verve got the sample from. But the last time in itself, um, that was the song that, that was being interpreted, um, the last time in itself was actually stolen from like an, an old um, like blues band. Oh, like really? 50s or something. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember the title or the band name. Really weren't famous, but it was obviously before... Uh, you had the infrastructure of like music copyright yeah. and the industry, so the Stones jumped all over it. it. Yeah, yeah. Even down like the lyrics. This could be the last time, maybe the yeah. last time for me. They they ripped that 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 lyric from that old song. Uh, you know, got away with it, and then you know, as uh, when history repeated itself or whatever, they then took the verb to the cleaners. You know, so yeah, interesting. It is weird because I. I follow Nick McCabe, who's the guitarist in the Verve, um, for, for those that, that, that weren't sure of that, um, and a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, also called Nick, um, has, has bought guitars off of him and bought effects pedals that were used on Verve albums, and yeah. because he's not a multi-millionaire, really? you know, and you'd yeah. think the Verve, you know, it was, they were just ridiculously big, right? But I guess... I say this was their biggest hit. It wasn't, was it? I think Drugs Don't Work went to number one, didn't it? 
Was it was bittersweet never number one? I don't think so. Wow. I don't yeah. think so. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure Drugs Don't Work was, and, and I guess Lucky Man must have been a top ten. Lucky Man must have been top ten. But, yeah. But that you know the the um. Oh, it's not Northern Soul. What's the album called? Urban Hymns. Urban Hymns. Yeah. I'll borrow. Northern Soul and Urban Hymns are fucking great names for albums. They're great, yeah. Like, what did you find? Because I know you was an original Verve head. Like, yeah. They were your one of your favourite bands, yeah, weren't yeah. they? And you were sort of living through that as, yeah. as a youngster or whatever. When they released Urban Hymns, yeah. how did you react to that? Because obviously they weren't famous for making those big anthems or ballads, were they? They were real psychedelic. The, the, yeah, like the Storm in Heaven era was like that. Mm. But for me... I, I would say Northern Soul's my favourite album. Yeah. By them, um, but there's still tracks like History on oh, Northern yeah, Soul, which is you know, way, they, 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 yeah. they, you know, it wasn't a massive change. Um, Urban Hymns, but I think Urban Hymns is a, is a masterpiece, and I think Come On is w- w- probably one of my favourite Verve tracks. Yeah. I think it's an absolute monster of a tune. Yeah. Um, Rolling people as well. Oh, <laughs> that album, <laughs> solid. And, yeah. and I was speaking to oh god, who did I have on when we was uh, um, James from Star Sailor. Yeah, and uh, and band. he chose um, Come On as one of his tracks uh, when, when he recorded this this podcast. And because he's up, he lives just outside Wigan. That was where he was was um, where he grew up. And he was at the the Hay Hall show. Like, and I don't know if if you was too young for that. Like, did you ever see the video of of, of that show? I've seen uh, Mark. Obviously, he's a massive. Yeah, fan yeah, he's that, watched that, that a lot. He shares a lot of it on Facebook yeah. all the time, and it is yeah, it's a monster gig, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And and I saw I saw him, I saw him quite a lot. The Verve, and and then I saw him their first gig back together at the Randass. Yeah, with that kind of. I don't know what that last album was called or fourth. What was this? Oh yeah, it was called fourth. Yeah. What was the first single that had that? Love is noise. Bit in it. Yeah. Oh, God, Not a fan. No mate. You Much like bigger it? live than it was on record. Yeah. You know. Um, I think I think I heard it live first. I think they played it at Glastonbury. Yeah. Last, which was quite bold. Yeah. And obviously that hook. They did I remember that? Yeah. That was massive. It yeah. was pumping, and we were all just like, "Wow, that's yeah. the new Verve tune!" Like, yeah. can't wait to hear that. And then, yeah, sorry for listening, Richard, but I was a little underwhelmed when I yeah. heard the single. I know yeah. they, I think it was a self-produced album. Like, don't quote me on that, yeah. but I just didn't think it stood up on record like it did live. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it was just never that big uh, on record for me. Um, I, I, I'm not interested in Richard Ashcroft as a as a solo artist when when, um, Song for the Lovers come out I thought that was an alright single Mm. I quite like Check the Meaning Mm, don't know that Uh, like I thought that I think that's the second single I thought that was alright but I mean he's done some really (laughs) tragic stuff I think and there you go I'm never going to get Richard Ashford on this podcast edit that bit hopefully I've said enough nice things about about the verve but um, (laughs) Yeah, I just I just read an interview where he was saying he'd, he'd channeled Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, uh, Bob Dylan, and I was thinking, fucking hell, this is going to be amazing. And then right. I heard it, and it was just like glorified Ed Sheeran. It was right, just really? acoustic wow. Radio 2, safe, dull music. Uh, uh, yeah. 
but um, uh, he's, he's you know he's I've got to say just to interject I, I saw him at the O2 Arena a couple of years ago yeah and he did blow the roof off did he yeah yeah and his own stuff was great like yeah. I really not, I haven't ever bought a solo yeah. album um so again, if you're listening, Richard, apologies, but uh, but it was a really good gig, yeah. yeah and and the, and the, and the solo stuff sat nicely in yeah. the set, you know. So yeah, but we um, see him. I think we see him solo support Coldplay. Was that Earl's Call? Yeah, I was at that gig. Was you? Yeah, it was a great like, gig. Yeah, me and uh, me and Nick went up for for that show, and uh, I remember. Coldplay were incredible that night. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. That was just after Russia Blood come out, wasn't it? I've seen them twice. Once Idlewild with with a support, right? And that might have been Els Court. Yeah, I'm not sure. One was first, one was second. The first time I saw them, they were really brilliant. Coldplay, and the second time I see them, I weren't interested. Yeah. So when that Els Court gig, I think they just put X and Y out. So it was, they'd only just put it out though. It was right. a brand new yeah, album yeah, yeah. at Christmas. And I remember I Monkeys had just blown up. Yeah. And he was tinkering about on a piano, like during one of the, the songs or whatever. And, and he started singing Dance Floor. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and the, um, the album, the Art Monkeys album hadn't come out or anything like that yet. They were still yeah. a bit of a MySpace phenomenon. Yeah. Um, you know, it was still a bit of a like a sort of like an underground indie thing, but it yeah. was just blowing up, like you know. And I can remember thinking, "Fucking hell, Chris Martin's now singing Arctic Monkeys." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're making that much impact. Um, but yeah, that was a great show, and I, I didn't actually realise we didn't know that Ashcroft was supporting that night. Yeah. So me and my mate Pelosi, shout out Pelosi, uh, we. Um, yeah, we got down there pretty beard up, got right to the front because it's Coldplay and it's yeah. easy to get to the front of Coldplay. Of course, yeah, it? it's old people like me there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, fucking hell, blow me down. Ashcroft walks on yeah. uh, and goes straight into Sonnet. And, oh, and, nice. And at that point as well, I, I think he'd been in the abyss for a few years. I yeah. don't think he'd been doing anything. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing gig. Yeah, it was a real, real treat. And then, like you say, Coldplay just blew the roof off, yeah. And that was exactly the same when I saw him. Um, so I used to get, I used, used to know a rep at, um, was Parlophone? And, uh, and I used to get free tickets. So I'd always nice. say, oh, do you want to go and watch Coldplay? Do you want to go and watch whoever it was? And we just go up and watch these shows. And I finished work and just jumped on the train and got up there. And as we was queuing up, I could hear Rose Ability by Idlewild. And right. I just thought, fucking hell, Idlewild are supporting. Yeah. And just got in there. And, and I, I thought they wiped the floor with, with, with Coldplay. Really? Like, yeah, Great yeah. Great band, Idlewild. Oh, solid band, mate. Held the world in your arms, that's a tune. Oh, what a tune. That's a great song, isn't it? But it's not on your list, so let's, let's move on to mm-hmm. track two, which is the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Okay, so this one's Ordinary World by Duran Duran. Um, yeah, so it was, it was quite a sad story, really. My parents had just split up, and I was about eight years old. And growing up, there was always, uh, in the early years, there was always two bands on around my parents' house, and that was Madness and Duran Duran. Um, so they were sort of the, the, the first two um, artists I fell in love with. And how old were you then? Oh, like, right from the age of five. No. Oh, sorry, when they split up. Yeah. Uh, I was eight, nine years old, something like that. Um, And I I remember before they'd split up, we... um, we had well, like one of the places. Obviously, we used to. I got my musical education, which is sat in the back of my parents' car. Um, because yeah, they'd always have the radio playing or tapes or whatever. And 
I remember one night we were going to see some family friends that lived about an hour away or whatever, and I made my parents uh, rewind the tape and play Ordinary World the whole journey. <laughs> like, I just loved that song, yeah. right, from the... I don't know what it was that moved me at like, such a young age. And then when my dad left, um, there's... I, I had my tape player in my room and my parents had made me these tapes. You stayed with your mum? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stayed with mum, yeah. And um, I I remember listening to Ordinary World in my in my bedroom and there's a line in it and it's, where is my friend when I need you most? Yeah. And it just, yeah, it got me. You know, was, yeah, it was really, that, that was, but yeah, I love that song. It's such a beautiful song and it is a very emotional song anyway. Definitely. Melancholy, yeah. And it was a massive return to form for, for Duran Duran as well when that album dropped you know they'd the wedding, been yeah. in the abyss a bit do you know what I mean right, and yeah. then that, that was a 90s album wasn't it yeah, yeah yeah it was early 90s it was that and the other single on that was Come Undone which is a good tune right yeah um, too much information yeah, on that album that's yeah. a tune yeah and An Ordinary World it was like this is just a fucking solid record mm. and the easiest guitar solo to play ever. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like, so simple, but so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, let's 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 talk about growing up a little bit. Um, so, where was you born? I was born in Harold Wood. Hospital. Okay. Yeah. And so, growing up, where in your early Brentwood. years, Brentwood? Yeah, so you've always, always Brentwood. been. Yeah, always Brentwood. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess most listeners will will know that for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> like, and uh, the, the the spray tans and the and the fake boobies and stuff. But um, there's a lot more happening in Brentwood than that. And uh, so I normally ask people at this point, was their music on at home? And obviously you've you've answered that already by yeah. by saying there was lots of of Duran and and, and madness and stuff. And in regards to Madness, obviously they've had a massive influence on Death of Guitar Pop. Yeah. Um, was you? Could you see the videos as well? You know, was you? Was you sort of? In, in, I mean, for me, obviously being a lot, lot older than you, you know, I would see Madness videos on top of the pops and stuff right. like that. You know, yeah. had you? Did you have a visual representation at that age of Madness? Oh, or? mate, yeah. I mean, my. Dad handed me the the VHS of the Vital, put it on in our little playroom. Uh, yeah, when I was about five, and I instantly like fell in love with Suggs and thought, that's what I want to be with my life. Yeah. That is, I want some of this. Yeah. And and watching all those videos on that Divine Madness VHS, like all their greatest hits, as a as a child sort of didn't really understand about the music industry and where bands came from and yeah. the rest of it. It was like watching a musical, yeah. you know? And me and my, my two brothers, who were pretty much still in nappies, we'd skank about in, in our little playroom to them and we, we'd be get, in the end getting up on a, on a Saturday morning and, and, and putting it on ourselves over, yeah. like, you know, cartoons or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was... Um, oh, yeah, the, the visual impact of, of Madness was huge as well as, obviously, the, the songs, you know? De de definitely, and... and, and and, and I think it's, you know, it shouldn't be overlooked. And I've said it on countless, countless times on, on on different podcasts that I think some of that comical visual representation of madness has cast a bit of a shadow over just how good that songwriting is, mm. just how smart the lyrics were. Yeah, you know, to, as as I think I might even have said when when. When you and Top Cat come on, mm. uh, hardcore listing, 
I think lyrically they're as as vital as the Kinks. You know, I yeah. think they, they tackled you know their social commentary. You know, embarrassment being a prime yeah. example. You know, he's, yeah. he's an absolutely superb record. So, all right, well look, let's let's start to sort of move through because uh, track three um, is a cracker. And, uh, I can't and so remember what track three is. <laughs> I asked you to remind you of the song that reminds you of your time at school. Oh, your favourite band's too. <laughs> <laughs> Closet Freddie D fanboy. Brilliant. Brilliant. I've seen the caps, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of red caps. <laughs> yeah, so the, the track that reminds me of my school years, uh, Limp Biscuit, Break Stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was very much uh, a cliche, pissed off teenager. Yeah. And so when I, when I was like explain when I was growing up, my my introduction to to music and pop culture was eighty stuff through my parents. And then when the Britpop thing happened, uh, they they we'd watch uh, TFI Friday um, as a little treat. Um, on every Friday night and top of the pops and all that so so British music was was very much my early years and then at, sco- at secondary school this um, wave of American pop culture or whatever came over and you had like skateboarding through the, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game Kerrang! Television um, and MTV2 Is this American Pie kind of exactly territory yeah jackass yeah all that kind of stuff was huge with the youth culture over mm. here you know um rap music gangster rap mm-hmm. and then came your favorite genre yeah. rap metal yeah. <laughs> all over it and, <laughs> and yeah just as an angry teenager that liked the, the attitude and the, and the controversial you know the swearing in the rap music and related a lot to that yeah. but also loved rock music and yeah. guitar music because that's kind of what I'd been brought up yeah. on and I'd also kind of discovered like Nirvana and stuff just yeah. prior to this um, through you know uh, mates older brothers that yeah. handed the CDs yeah. down and whatever and then yeah that that come along and it was just as, as like I say as an angry teenager a beautiful marriage you know what I mean um, obviously Rage Against the Machine had happened years before mm-hmm. this but that just wasn't on our radar yeah uh, we sort of discovered that later off yeah. the back of bands like Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park and stuff but that's good though because like yeah. you know when you're at school you listen to what your mates listen to do you know what I mean and you, yeah. you know you find your little bits and pieces that you know it, it's easy to look back on now and think oh bloody hell but if you listen to that now, break stuff, um, I'm sure it would trigger a thousand memories, oh, right? Yeah. So it's great, right? Yeah, and, it's and as real you said, buzz, yeah. through through getting into music like that, it helps you then do what most, you know, a lot of people don't bother doing, which is then looking back to see, well, where did this sound come from? Okay, there's rage there, you know, and looking back and and seeing the you know what else you can find through association yeah and and just develop your taste like that yeah well that's the thing i remember the boy bands like busted and mcfly and that with the guitars Mm. and the punk rock hairdos and that you know a lot of people slagged them off at the time Uh, i don't understand why but at the same time that was a lot of people's introduction like you say to to sort of harder music and that sort of fashion and that might have led them down the path to then get into to green day and then yeah. who, who knows maybe yeah. venture into minor threat or something or yeah. refuse don't you know you know I, I, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm no Ed Sheeran fan mm. you know um, I live in a household where I get exposed to a lot of his music the kids and, love it and, uh, yeah they all love it yeah. and uh, but 
to me, I think, as a as a lover of creative guitar music, I think I'd much rather young people see him and pick up a guitar and start writing songs yeah. than, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just my age. And, you know, I guess hopefully there are kids that are just sitting there on computers making really good electronic music as well. But, yeah. you know, I do think that, you know, if, as a role model, if you can look at this kind of scruffy lad that he's certainly not Brad Pitt mm. with a guitar yeah. and a loop pedal and nothing else yeah. selling out three nights at Wembley. Got to take your house to that. You, yeah. You've got to kind of, you know, I just think fair play, mate. The but, thing with Ed Sheeran as well, right, is, you know, a lot of people coat him because he is everywhere and yeah. music's not to, to mute, generally not to, to I want to say Muso's taste because that's not it's really safe, fair on him. It's just Very safe. safe pop music, right? Um, you know, the song about the Irish fiddle or whatever. Oh, mate, oh, that is, one, is it? fucking <laughs> tragic. But there are some nice pop songs in there, yeah. you know, and, and he's obviously a great songwriter and, yeah, like you say, he's sold three nights out at Wembley Stadium on his own. You know, I take my hat off to him. But um, people don't tend to realise or people forget that he started just like every other musician. Like, he played the bar house, mate. Yeah. In that venue that you used to yeah. promote at, you yeah. know, way down the bill. Do you know what I mean? And and spent the first couple of years, um, you know, in his late teens or whatever, just, just going and doing the toilet circuit yeah. and, and, and playing any venue that would have him or whatever. Yeah. And, and, yeah, earning earning his stripes. Yeah. And, and now look at it. And I just think fair enough. Do yeah. you know what I mean? He didn't go on a... Not there's, again, people... I was going to say he didn't go on X Factor or anything like that, but people slate that. But that still takes a lot of balls. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a yeah. washed up concept and it's boring and I don't like it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not a fan of most of the music that comes out off the back of it. But it still takes a lot of balls to to you know expose yourself like that on national TV yeah. and audition you know yeah. and and risk humiliation yeah absolutely your career potentially being over before it starts but but yeah Ed Sheeran didn't you know again he didn't do that that some people call that a fast track and I suppose it is in a sense um, he didn't do that he went mm. out and played the toilet circuit yeah. for a couple of years you know yeah. we've all done that yeah, well exactly yeah. Mate, yeah. I don't think I've ever done the three nights at Wembley at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> um, so when you you hear break stuff, like what if if I was to play it now, what do you think your first memory will be? Uh, my first memory would be probably um, probably just the music video, which just popped yeah. in my head. The first time I saw that video, I was. Uh, I was round my nan's house, and my nan and dad had a, uh, my nan and granddad had a few quid, and they had Sky, and yeah. so I used to go around there and gorge on Sky and watch yeah. wrestling and music yeah. television and that, you know. And uh, I was watching MTV Two, and and this video came on, and Eminem was in it, and Snoop Dogg, and, yeah. and uh, all these skate. It was in a skate park, all these skaters doing flip tricks and spin, and all these kids moshing and all the rest of it. And I, I just remember like my jaw literally literally dropping. You know, yeah. I was like 13, 14 years old. And uh, I actually ran to my nan used to keep a notepad by by the phone or whatever. I ran, grabbed the pen and, and, and the bit of paper, waiting for the song title yeah. and artist to come up at the end, so I could write it down yeah. and and go and, and get that record. Do you know what Brilliant. I mean? It was a real. And I, so I always just think of the music video when I hear it and get yeah. that nostalgic like buzz back. Yeah, yeah. So you went to. School in Brentwood. Yeah. Yeah. Posh school? 
Um, my primary school was, was fairly posh. It wasn't a private school. Yeah. It was in a leafy suburb. Um, very idyllic, actually. It didn't really set us up well for what was to come at senior school. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then, uh, then uh, County High was not a posh school. Yeah, our senior yeah. school was, yeah, yeah, old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy it? No. I, I, lo- I loved primary school, but, um, yeah... High school was a difficult time for me. There was a lot of shit going on um, in my family life, and I was sort of the man of the house at a young age. Uh, right, but you, you, both your brothers are younger than you, right? Yeah, yeah. There's about, I think my mum had three under three. Yeah, three years older wow. than Sam, two years older than Matt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so because there was tough things going on at home, um, that made. Yeah, being being a, being a teenager difficult, and, and then school was a rough ride. I, I think a quarter of our year group didn't finish school, and our, our our year group is notorious for being one of the worst years that school's ever had. Didn't finish school. Yeah, honestly, mate. Yeah, so many people didn't finish school, and then right at the end of school, um, something really awful happened. My um, my uh, good pal Darren Brooksy, I think we spoke about this before, possibly on the podcast, but I know you know the story. Yeah. So my old band had a, had a song called Brooksy's Box. And, Best song you've ever done. Uh, oh, cheers, man. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I lost a pal, basically, at the age of 15. And, and, and he... Our school wasn't really... There wasn't a lot of... Um, you had to pretend. You, you had to cover up being a grunger, otherwise you'd get beaten up. Right. You know? It was all how. It was all garage and that, and 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 then people were just obsessed with Tupac and Biggie, which is great music. Was there a little a little gang though that that, that wanted to rock? Ah, do you know what? In my year, no. There was some. Looking back, there was some really cool grunger kids that used to get bullied badly for it. Yeah. And really, I should have been in that crew. I should, yeah. I should have held my own, yeah. but I didn't have the minerals, and neither did my pal Darren. Um, but they, they owned it, bless yeah. them, you know, and, they, and they, they got fucking beats for it, like, all the time, yeah. you know. Um, but in the year group below me was Bonsai, Luke, yeah. you know, Rishi, and, that, and, and uh, Ronnie, who's yeah. in Electric Child House. So, so the guys that were in States of Emotion with me and the guys from Electric Child House. Yeah. So just to put a bit of backstory in, in there quickly, just for, for people that are listening, um, you was the singer in States of Emotion with yeah. um, a few of the lads that you've just mentioned there yeah. and, um, and, and the guy Brick that's just worked on your new Def Guitar Pop video. Yep. Um, which is available to watch. It is, um, YouTube, Facebook. And uh, and Electric Childass is your younger brother Matthew's band, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and they're pretty fucking special as well. Yeah, yeah, amazing um, band. So yeah, so I just wanted to fill in the no, dots cool. there, so people yeah, knew yeah. What, what we were talking about. Yeah. So so the, the yeah the year below, I gravitated towards those guys, you know, and that was kind of at the end of school. We only yeah. become pals and, and form the band. In so my were they all wearing their colours at school? They were, and yeah. their year group were just a lot. This is a nicer group more of people. More liberal, yeah. Yeah, more liberal, exactly. Yeah, whereas our yeah our year group was just a cutthroat year, yeah. fights every day and, and yeah. drugs and all that, you know. And it was yeah, it was a tough year group. So um, yeah, so I can't remember where where we were going with that there. Did you? Well, I guess I was just. Asked you if you enjoyed school. Right, so yeah, so then at, at the end of school, so so yeah, this one particular guy that I bonded with in my form, Darren, who was sort of a bit of an in-betweener like me that was mm-hmm. a bit nervous about sticking a Nirvana badge on his backpack. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were closet grungers, you yeah. know. Uh, he, he, he got me into... Um, 
a lot of the good music that uh, you know shaped my life, like Nirvana and stuff. His his brother was basically a, a cool grunger, yeah. And he'd made like uh, a mixtape for for uh, well, Darren had nicked all his music and then made me a mixtape and lent me Nirvana Nevermind. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Then all the yeah. rest of it. Darren gave me the uh, number to go and get guitar lessons. And, and we were in the, fir- the first... Um, incarnation of states of emotion had Darren in the band and Darren sadly passed away uh, in my last year at school and that was like the final now in the yeah. coffin that's a senior school for me you know so so unfortunately you know it, I just didn't enjoy school but it was probably more although it was a tough year group it was probably just more to do with, with personal things like yeah, that yeah, you know yeah. like um, yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, so, okay. but that's why I loved Limp Biscuit because it was an angry outlet. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> and so I think it's amazing though that that you looked at the year below and and connected with with with, with a gang there. Yeah. And you are still a proper tight firm, aren't you? Oh, now. mate, yeah, it's a like, real band of brothers. And yeah. it's, it's 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 impressive to see. You know, I've got lots of different sort of groups of friends, but the you know whenever I would put your band on or whenever I put your brother's band on or Top Cat's band on. Yep. There'd be a core of sort of 20, 30 people of the same people that were, were there to support each yeah. and every one of them. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, your your gang of pals. It's like, it's pretty impressive, you know, that however many years later you are all still yeah, it's pretty a proper cool. unit. That's great. That's yeah. great. All right, well, look, for track four, um, I asked you to pick the first record that you purchased Right, first record that I purchased. Mm. So I did post something on Instagram uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and just want to clear up that at some I can't remember the first single I bought. Bought, and I I made a joke that it was a Jerry Halliwell single. I did own a Jerry Halliwell single. I'm yeah. not sure if it was the first single that I ever owned. What, um, what Jerry Halliwell one? I think it was "It's Raining Men," Stu. To be honest with you, sorry choice. <laughs> 
but the first, the first, the first bit of music I willingly went out and bought. I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim back some cool points here. Yeah. Was Blur Park Life? Brilliant. Yeah, I was off school, um, pulled a pulled a sickie, and uh, my nan and my mum took me up to Brentwood High Street. We went in W H Smiths, and I was obsessed with the Beano at the time. Loved the Beano. And um, they said you can have, like, you can pick something with your pocket money or whatever. And uh, I went round the shop and I, I picked up a 50 years of dandy or, and Beano annual thing. And then I and then I, I saw Blur Park Life, the tape, and I'd I'd been getting into Blur through a cool mate of my mum's, basically. Mm-hmm. I used to come round and 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 play it or whatever. And um. And so I, I, I took both things up, and they said you're gonna, you can't have both. You got to make the decision, you know. And it was a tough decision, but I went with Blur. Um, and yeah, that that was the first first bit of music I willingly went out and, and, and purchased with my own money. Um, yeah, and what an album as well. <laughs> Could you draw comparisons from seeing videos like the video to Park Life, and and you know the 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 the, the almost mod influenced yeah you know uh, dress you know the, the the cherry reds and the and the fred perrys could you feel a connection between madness you know the stuff that you grew up on and and park life at that point had you kind at of point, made no. that connection no now i can obviously yeah. it's clear as day but yeah. no then it was like a subconscious thing um but yeah, I suppose again, it was as a as a kid, it was just like the videos were just really vibrant, weren't they? Yeah. You know, and really fun and full of attitude and very easy to sing along to. Yeah, um, yeah and, and I fi- I can't remember whether that was after the Blur Oasis thing with with Country House or not, because a Blur's album hadn't come out at that point, had it? Um, was it Great Escape with Country yeah. House? Yeah, that yeah. hadn't that hadn't come out when no. the, when the Battle of Britpop ha- happened. Yeah. The uh, Oasis hadn't released Morning Glory and Blur hadn't released um, Great Escape great, I don't think a day you remember no. so I think it might have been off the back of that I think it might have been off the Battle of Britpop and I was I was in Camp Blur at the time even though I loved you know we, we, Oasis and Blur were playing um, in my house because of my parents and uh, yeah but Blur I really took a liking to Blur and and uh, yeah that was that was my first album that I bought Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side is it your favorite blur album still um yeah, I mean it's a bit of a cop out answer, but I'm a, I'm a greatest hits man with Blur. Yeah. You know, I really am, uh, and I, I do like different sort of songs off off each album. You know, we've spoke before about uh, I love advert. I know yeah. you love that yeah. song as well. Um, 
But yeah, if I had to if I had to take one to a desert island, I think yeah, just for the nostalgia, I'd take Park Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. solid, solid. Um, so was there? I'm just trying to think, of, like, of my knowledge of Brentwood. Like, you said you bought the album in Smiths. Like, mm. was there any record shops yeah. in, in Brentwood? Was there little indies or anything? Yeah, there was a, a record shop called Moon Dance. Um, nice. Which was really cool. It was right in the middle of uh, Brentwood High Street. I don't know what it would be now. Oh, God knows. Um, Probably someone's tanning salon <laughs> <Yeah>. from Towie. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. so you had Moon Dance, and then you also had um, Our Price as well. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously John Menzies sold CDs. Yeah. W.A. Smith as well. Yeah. Um, it's so weird when you say things like this because I, it's, I've had so many reminders of, of places from recording these. I, uh, I got sent something over the other day and said, Yeah, you know, I bought that in Boots. Yeah. Because Boots used to sell records, that. and yeah. it's like, it's just crazy, isn't it? Uh, but it, it, I think it's great that. I mean, I was in HMV yesterday. Um, massive vinyl selection there, yeah. and uh, I was in Tesco's. Big vinyl selection. Yeah, yeah, it's Sainsbury's like, and that—they're all doing vinyl now, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like. I'm no. You know, I'm not one of the people who say, "Oh, it's got to be vinyl." Mm. You know, I'm not. You know, right. enjoy music however you want to enjoy it. But yeah. I do think if you buy on vinyl rather than Spotify or something like that, you'll probably listen to the album. Oh, yeah. Rather than 100%. get sidetracked by that. Yeah. Might like this, you know. I think it's healthy for both artists and fans to have that physical thing yeah. that they can, you know, buy. And I think, mm. like, you know, we had this chat last time about the Madness records and that, and you pulled a few yeah, out. Yeah, of course. You know, and uh, it's just something really, really... Um, it's just, a, it's just kind of like a, a lovely process, isn't it? Opening that sleeve, smelling yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? And look, looking no, it's, down it's the lyrics. Something, it's something to hold. Yeah. And do you know put, what I mean? Put, you know, putting it on a turn t- turntable and that. Mm. You've got to give it more attention. You yeah. Know? Spotify is great. Like, if you've kind of just discovered... Well, it's good for discovering new music in general because of the playlists and stuff and the suggestions. But, you know, if you want to hear a new band on the quick, if you mm. if I came in here today and, and you said, oh, you've got to hear this new band, I would yeah. get my phone up and within seconds we'd yeah. have it on, which is great. It's yeah. a great discovery tool. And, you know, just to give, uh, what's great as well is if you're, you know, you're having a few drinks with pals and you can pass the tune yep. and, and chat music and it's very quick and very instant. But, yeah, if you really want to appreciate an artist and, and, and that, you know, that particular body of work, it's just a very nice thing, isn't it, to be able yeah. to sit there and have your moment and, yeah, yeah really, really take it in and invest. Okay, so going to move on to track five. So by now, before we, we you know, you tell me the track, you've, you've, you've left school um, mm. looking at the knowing when this come out I know that you'd left school and uh, and by now I guess you, your then band was a, a, a gigging band yeah yeah um, and so uh, for track five I want you to tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing <laughs> you're still a young lad I'm not suggesting you ain't allowed to go clubbing anymore mate <laughs> um, yeah well for me I was never really like a, a raver I yeah. mean I loved uh, we'll talk about the prodigy in a minute but but yeah I, my, my sort of club years were the indie clubs you mm-hmm. know um, so yeah like when I was uh, oh, yeah, I suppose when I was 18 was when that kind of little 
I say little when that indie boom happened in in Britain. Well, not in Britain. It started with the Strokes, didn't it? And then over here, suddenly it became the coolest thing in the world to go to a music festival, pe- wear a pair of women's jeans, and and buy a pair of pointy shoes and mm-hmm. have a have a silly haircut, you know. And it was a good. You ticked all them boxes, yeah, mate. <laughs> we, certainly. <laughs> and we, it was a good time, you know. And I just remember so so the track that I've picked is the the Rat by the Walkman. Uh, and I remember this particular night we had, and I think we just turned 18, and uh, we went up to Frog, the main fiddler, okay, underneath the Astoria, which was I think London's biggest indie disco mm-hmm. at the time, Tottenham Court Road, and uh, yeah, we got in there. Uh, <laughs> And one of my mates got completely out of his nut on a pill. <laughs> and and uh, we got, like, obviously mega pissed up. I weren't into the drugs and that then. Um, but I remember my mate just looked like a skeletal and it was well early doors. <laughs> I was quite concerned about it. It was a bit of an eye-opener. And, you yeah. know, club was packed full of beautiful girls. And uh, this tune, like, every DJ that came on... I actually remember Frank Frank Turner DJed that night. Yep. And he was a million dead at yeah. the time. Um, show me age now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this tune, every DJ that... I'd never heard it before. Every DJ that came on that night played the rap by the Walkman. Yeah. And it just blew my mind. I thought, oh, God, fine. That was so, fucking incredible so good yeah and it really stood up on the dance floor yeah. people going wild to it you know and then we we got out of there at 4am or whatever and got over to Liverpool Street and, and, and slept at Liverpool Street on the benches until the first train come back to Brentwood and it was just a legendary night yeah. do you know what I mean it was like our first proper proper night out clubbing all if you hear that song it, it makes you think of that yeah oh, so, that's great yeah that's why I answered with that one yeah it's, yeah. it's got ridiculous energy that record oh, the drums so are, like are off the scale yeah and the vocal and all it's just like ripping his soul isn't it? yeah, you know, yeah. every word yeah everything bass lines off the scale it's, it's just if you're ever going to you know pick an indie Anthem. club yeah banger yeah banger that's a better word yeah rap by the Walkman all day long yeah I couldn't agree more mate it's uh it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant so to, to discuss clubbing a little bit like so mainstream clubbing that that didn't appeal no no because there, there must have been in brentwood well, sam's and the sugar hut obviously yeah and you had uh you had a few obviously the romford club scene with yeah. like time and envy and that's yeah. always been huge with essex culture isn't it and i did like the you know at school i liked the garage music and that everybody was I, Turn my hand to MC him for a while. Oh, <laughs> There's a tape out. somewhere, man. <laughs> and if you, if you, get, oh, I really hope you don't ever have my brother Matt on one of your podcasts because he will recite every single word of my my verses. Like he, he, he never lets me oh, forget. Let's go, yeah. <laughs> MC <laughs> MC Extraordinaire. Uh, oh, you wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad thing was, I probably was just doing it to fit in. Really, I just want to get my guitar around. And fucking, but I forgot do something and keep don't try and start getting credible <laughs> MC extraordinaire oh it was fucking awful man. <laughs> it was awful and uh, yeah but I, I liked the garage music it weren't you know it was never my first choice like I say I was a closet grunger yeah. my school yeah days. but when you leave school that's when you can 
tread the path you want to tread. Do you, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. And yeah, so 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 I like I do you know I've, I I did like the dance music and that. Like, I've always liked a good song like you. Yeah, you know, a good song is a good song, but I never really just that, that whole scene and culture just didn't ever really talk to me like yeah. guitar music did. You know. Um, so yeah, for me the clubbing thing was just mainly indie and rock clubs, you know. So, so what did you want from him when you went out? What, what, what was it that you was looking for? You know, to pull. <laughs> to pull. Uh, no, 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 not just to pull. Um, and I never pulled back then. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I just wanted to go and hear music that I liked and, and yeah. be around like-minded people, you yeah. know, and dress the way I wanted to dress without yeah. feeling uncomfortable. That was after yeah. battle as well, actually. Like, you to go to one of those clubs like you're talking about and dress the way we dress it was provocative and yeah. you'd feel on edge because you'd probably get started on yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. um, so that was again I'd probably never felt like I'd be welcome in, yeah. in certain types of those clubs yeah. you know it was different when we did start going fabric um when we were in our twenties, you know, and and that was a free for all, obviously, because everybody yeah. was just out there not on drugs. So were they all right with your limp biscuit tattoo? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I always covered it up, mate. <laughs> always covered it up. But uh, yeah, so fabric was interesting, you know. Again, I, I used to go and we used to have a crack, but it was like dubstep was a real big yeah. thing then, and I was I kind of was just going to have a night out with my mates. So yeah. It was never as fun for me as the yeah. Indian rock clubs because yeah. never had the passion for the music really, yeah. you know. Yeah, that makes sense, mate. Yeah. All right, so for track six, uh, ask you a favourite song from an artist from your hometown. Oh, let's say Canty, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually had second thoughts on this last night. I thought, no, I'm not going to change it. So You sure? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to change you it. You can have a couple. Okay, we'll go for a couple. So Ian Jury, Sweet Jim Vincent. Solid choice, Yeah, mate. it's going to be my choice. Um, just a yeah, beautiful song. Yeah. You know? I think we might do a cover of that soon. Nice. Guitar pop, like live. I think yeah. that'll work really well with what we do. I can hear, you can hear, you know, for Ian Jury fans, I, I think, you know, you can, you, you should go and check out Death Guitar Box. I think there's influences Cheers. in there. Oh, massively, like, especially on the new record. Yeah. Yeah, just really letting the accent, accent rip, you know yeah. what I mean, on the songs. Um, and yeah, so so, but I was I was I was telling a friend last night, Dan from the mod band Block Thirty Three, big up Block Thirty Three, um, about what I was coming to do with you today, Stu, and telling him was talking through the choices and stuff, and it suddenly dawned on me. I was like, ah, Prodigy, yeah. Essex, and like as a kid, you know, going back again, I loved Prodigy. Uh, when when Firestarter came out, I, I remember we went to. We used to go to light. I think it was called Light Up the Night or something, and it was it was when the, the Christmas lights came on in Brentwood. Uh, so I, again, I wouldn't have been. I would, probably would have been still in primary school in year six or something. I remember going. I remember spraying the air and doing the horns. Brilliant. Like red. The wearing the eye mascara, the lock, yeah. dog collar, and and I don't think I had the. Um, I should point out as well when he was when Ollie was nine, he couldn't have looked any more like Macaulay Culkin oh, if he mate, tried yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I had uh, I, I, I had like a red and white jumper. It weren't quite the, the American flag. Like weren't yeah. on Keith Flynn. Yeah, I, I just I had all the posters on the wall. I, had, I, I pre-ordered Fat of the Land down at Moon Dance Records. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you know, I was thinking last night maybe just for that, you know, they were a real love of mine growing up. Maybe I should have said Prodigy, but I don't know. Like um, uh, Ian Jury, I've been listening to 
for a good few years now, and I just love that song, Sweet Gene mm. Vincent. And 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 I, and I, the way I weighed it up to pick that one over Prodigy was like, do you know what? If I had to lose one of them and keep one, I'd, I'd yeah. want to keep Gene Vincent. You know, it's a beautiful song, isn't it? Mate, perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, I. Did you ever see? You've been way too young to have seen Injury, no, wouldn't you? I haven't seen no, Injury, no. I saw Injury, Sport Madness. Oh, at Madstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was fantastic. Absolutely everything you'd want from well, from a day out. You know, the whole the whole day was great. But Injury was 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 phenomenal. And yeah. I, I, have you heard the new Baxter Jury album? I haven't. No, it's it fantastic. Good? Yeah, really, really good. He's All a friend right. of Matt's actually. My brother's. He cuts his oh, hair. Oh, really? Times the time. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, did you watch the the film? Um, yeah, the, the jury film. Because I'd read the book before I watched it. Oh, okay. And uh, and it's it's pretty brutal, you know. It doesn't paint him out to be necessarily the the, no. the greatest husband and father. Yeah. Um, but you know, as a, as an artist, <sighs> you just can't you can't fault it. Yeah. It's, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like as a performer, it's yeah. just captivating. And yeah. then, you know, like and and he was, I suppose, not that I was around, but he was so different to the norm of what pop stars were completely you know completely. i know it was a bit more wide open like as to what it is now pop, yeah. popular culture or whatever but he really was something else wasn't he definitely you know? <laughs> he was kicking against the pricks long time before you know yeah most of the other people it. were um so in regards to obviously you haven't seen him live but i want to talk about obviously he was in a band and, and we want to talk about where you grew up like Live venues and stuff, like you know, what was going on in, in you know the, the shady promoters, mate. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> no, I'm talking. I'm talking in, in you know close at home. You ain't gonna start digging me out. <laughs> um, you had the Hermit Club in Brentwood. Okay, that was a great place. I think it's still going actually. Okay. Don't think it's got an alcohol license anymore. So it literally is just a youth club now. I think. Mm. Um, and that would do shows for what fourteen plus, or or they all ages shows. I I remember. No, I think it was. Um, I think it was I think it was you could be younger than 14 I think I don't know exactly what the age limit was but yeah it was essentially a youth club that was a, like a music venue on a Friday and Saturday night with a proper stage and, and PA and a bar as well so it weren't just kids like you get adults coming along and watching bands and uh, that was that was a good education there you know I used to go and hang out there from about the age of 13 I suppose and watch all the local bands and um yeah, it was just, just good, you know, it was just good to go in and see live music up close and personal mm. and not, you know, yeah, it's also, yeah, just seeing how, how, you know, amateur bands operated and how it, how it, mm. what went on and how you sure. sort of, you know, it was it inspired us obviously to form States of Emotion. We played our first gig there, um, as the, the school used to do a gig there um, once a year and it was part, part of that, what they put on. Um, so yeah you had that you had the I just caught the tail end of the Army and Navy in yep. Chelmsford which mm-hmm. is obviously if you're from Essex you'll know it's a legendary yep. venue isn't it um, I went on this um, I've got to mention V Festival actually because um, that's I think that's been big for for creatives in Essex um, obviously it went very commercial in the yep. end and it no longer exists I know they've they've just recently put another festival on in yeah. place of it that looked pretty cool I think, I think V was um, a reflection of where you know alternative mainstream alternative music was heading I think it was just reflective yeah. of that do you know what I mean I don't think they 
uh, you know, I just think that the, a lot of the guitar music that was coming out in the later years of V mm. probably wasn't solid enough to sell the tickets to facilitate the festival. So they probably had to yeah. throw some other stuff in it, which, yeah. you know, for the the guitar heads, it, it wrote that festival off for them. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, it did then become a festival for girls with daisy chains around their heads and, yeah. and, and posh wellies. You know. Yeah, it became T4 on the beach. It, it, it did, and it, it did, and you know, and and it was a shame because, again, when the first few episodes of this I've done, as this one is, is, I spoke about Essex and growing up in Essex, and and the amount of times that people have referenced, you know, seeing bands and and V being something absolutely, you know, vital in their mm. in their you know formative years of, of festivals and and, yeah. and seeing bands live and. I would always say the greatest live band I ever saw was the Prodigy, uh, you know, at V. At V, and, yeah. And when Fat of the Land dropped, oh, it was wow. it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And uh, I remember that happening as a kid and, yeah. and being gutted that I weren't old enough to yeah. be there. You it, know, it was it was a bit special, mate. It, oh, it, it really okay. was. Yeah. All right. So for the last track, old, because we're where are we? Fifty-two minutes. So this is going nice. to work out nicely. We'll have it around about the hour mark. So um, I ask you to pick a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear. And I've got to be honest with you, Earl, I've not listened to it yet. Okay, cool. So I'll, I think you'll like it. Okay, well, I, I, you can tell me why I'm going to like right. it. Right. So I discovered this song watching a, a series called Banshee. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes. Decent, right? And there's, um, uh, yeah, there's a scene where um, the main character has a cage fight with this guy. comes out battered and bruised but triumphant. And uh, this song come on, and I was, you know, when something just knocks your socks off yeah. instantly, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Do you know, I need this song in my life. And, you know, I looked on, I think I found it on YouTube, and it had, had like 40,000 views or something like that, and I thought, no. like, And, and it, mate, it is a banger. It's like, it's got the kind of... What, what's it, do you want to tell people? Sorry, it's, it's, it's Ponderosa, Hold On You. Okay. Um, they're an Australian band, fairly recent, I, I believe. I don't know much about them, I just love this song. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, um, because of the Times era, Kings of Leon, it's got a bit of that about it, like a bit of that soulful kind of vocal and, and, and melancholy, um, sort of just got a melancholy vibe about it. But the... Like it's got a real wall. Like it's, a, it's a fucking rock and roll tune, and it's you know, like going back to the verb, it's got that really meaty wall yeah. of sound, like driven guitar just sweeping, you know, yeah. with this dreamy, um, delay lard and uh, guitar riff going over the top. It's just a beautiful song, yeah. And it, it just, you know, I could have picked so many songs for this question because there's so many, yeah. you know, so many, so many just from the bands that we've, you know, that you've probably um, put on down the years at the yeah. clubs and that. There's so many lost gems there yeah you know, so many so many of those bands have got an anthem of yeah. their own that didn't quite see the light of day yeah you know so i could have gone down down many angles for this one but yeah i had to pick that that tune because that seems to be a song that I, I, I go back to and listen to a lot yeah um at the moment and i've probably been listening to that for about a year and a half and now it's not got old once you know so you, you said at the beginning that you made um your parents Put ordinary world on on loop yeah for that car journey and you've just said that you've been mincing that for a year and a half yeah are you one of them people that if you hear a song and it just knocks you sideways it's just constantly on repeat 
Yeah, I'm a bit of an addict like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible for it. Yeah, like, I will just yeah. rewind it, play it, rewind it, play it, and yeah. it, I think like, why do you think that is? Do you think that's to appreciate or to understand it? Do, you know, do you, do you do you break it down? Do you try and sort of you know musically? I don't think it's to understand it because yeah. sometimes if I hear like a Stone Roses record, like their debut album is probably my favourite record, like mm-hmm. favourite album. Sometimes I'll hear a little something in that song, in one of those songs that I've never heard, and I think, oh, I didn't want to hear that because I don't want to just listen out for that every time now because I yeah. don't want this to be ruined. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a little layer or something, or yeah. like a bass thing I didn't notice, which will probably, oh, it's always going to be good in it if it's Stone yeah. Roses, but I just don't want to change. I, ju- I just want more of that. Yeah. I, you know, add it over and over again, just, yeah. just chase that buzz and that feeling, you yeah. know. It's a very addictive thing, you know, but um, yeah, the, the best stuff and the stuff that I love and listen to for years, I just don't tire of hearing it. We yeah. can put I Am The Resurrection on now, or even Sweet Child of Mine, yeah. one of the most overplayed songs, Teen Spirit, yeah. I still love it. Yeah. You know, I just don't tire of, once that, when I get that instant sort of connection and gratification yeah. from a bit, a bit of music, um, now and again, I, I, I will rinse a song and go, ah, oh, do you know what, actually, I'm a bit sick of this. Yeah. But a lot of them stand the test of time, and I just never, yeah, that, that feeling that, that I yeah. first have when I listen to them, it never gets old, it never gets boring, yeah. so I always chase that buzz, you know. Oh, nice, nice. Well, what are you up to? Let's finish on um, some, some shameless plugging, oh? Yeah, shameless plugging. Um, so at the moment, we're putting together a bit of a plan for a second record. Um, the debut album's been out for nearly a year now. Uh, we released it uh, last November. It's going really well. What we do is we'll put some. Um, you're on Spotify, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Spotify. And so we'll put um, some Defi Guitar Pop tracks on. Um, I keep saying. Ollie Silky's playlist on uh, <laughs> on, on our uh, off the beaten track uh, playlist for this podcast. So you know, not only do we every song, we'll, we'll give you a nice cross section of stuff to to understand Cheers, what death guitar pop are all about. Yeah, yeah. So we're just working on a second record uh, and a plan of sort of getting that out there because everything we do is very DIY. Um, so there's a lot of lot of the grind that people don't see behind the scenes um, that, that sort of goes into you know doing it professionally and, and giving the fans a, a proper release you know what I mean not just a slapdash thing um, but we enjoy that now we've learned to sort of embrace that um, and yeah sort of in, in the um, short term plans are in November we're out with the full band every weekend um, next London show is The Garage on the 10th of November don't know if this podcast will be out by then but if it is then please come along uh, and at the moment we're organising a, a tour of Germany for January and a full UK tour for the end of February slash beginning of March next year so yeah wow. look forward to that one and you set up a management company yeah set up a management company um, initially it was because um, my wife Stephanie and I have been managing Def Guitar Pop now since it started um, but we're also now working with new bands as well I've just launched um, a new release for a brand new mod band called Block 33 they just put their debut single out um, last Friday um, it's going down really well is that already. on Spotify? that's on Spotify I have the oh. Hurricane yeah check it out Block 33 so yeah working with new bands um, which is good fun uh, very rewarding and yeah just just grinding away independently but it's, it's good fun I think it's a really good time to be an independent uh, musician or an independent music startup company because the internet has given us platforms now where we can get 
direct to our fan bases you know it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of patience but it's cut out the middleman and the need for sort of um you know major labels radios like gatekeepers yeah it aren't it's not as integral to have those people in your yeah. corner anymore yeah. have that golden ticket to the chocolate factory yeah. you know if you're willing to grind and get your hands mucky yeah. and learn you know so uh, uh, yeah we're just enjoying the hustle of it all yeah. you know wicked silky it's been, been a lovely mate. thanks loads man and uh i'm sure i'll see you again soon pleasure as always Stu. cheers mate take it easy buddy there you go it was a really nice afternoon I had with, with Silky. Uh, it's a pleasure to catch up with him. I've not seen him for a while. I don't think I've seen him since the Hardcore Listing Christmas show, the live show. Um, and it's always lovely to catch up with him because, uh, as you know now, just a really nice fella. So go and subscribe. And if you like this episode and you're interested in, in other musicians and stuff like that and their stories, then have a little look in the back catalogue because... There's plenty there. I've had, I've had, I've been blessed to have met some really nice people in, in in recent months with this podcast and 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 chatted about their creativity and and their and their life and it's been insightful and and just really really bloody nice. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening as well. Mainly that thanks for your support because if you didn't listen, I wouldn't. Well, I probably would do it because I like talking about music and I'm a nosy bastard. But um, yeah, thanks lots, peeps, and I'll see you next week. Bye bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.